بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So there's three really important advice that <coughs> Imam Muhasibi is giving um, We read this briefly last time وَصُنْ دِينَكَ بِالْإِقْتِدَاءِ وَصُنْ دِينَكَ بِالْإِقْتِدَاءِ Which means protect your, preserve your deen Protect your deen by adherence, by following someone, by emulating someone. Because our deen is all based on that. Uh, that's why we've constantly had messengers throughout uh, for the message of Allah. The message has never been thrown down to the people and said, go and interpret it in your own ways. <clears throat> when people are left to interpret things, they run into a lot of inconsistencies. For example, currently there's a consist, uh, an inconsistency that we're seeing. You've got all of these major companies and organizations that are removing women from their, from their uh, uh, what is it, exhibitions and, and uh, presentations and so on because they're saying that it doesn't fit with the modern modern style or modern trend. So apparently it's actually modern to remove women uh, in skimpy outfits in revealing clothing with that sex appeal oozing from them. So you've got that going on. It's like finally somebody's woken up, but it had to have huge harassment cases for that to actually come to the fore. But then at the same time, you've got another group of people who are doing the very opposite, who are becoming old-fashioned by trying to remove hijabs that are voluntarily worn by young children, young girls, purely in emulation of their mother, their sister, or their aunties, or whatever. There may be somebody who's a bit um, extreme, who may be like one in a million people, or one in a several thousand people, who may force even young girls to do that. But otherwise, it's just not an obligation at all. I don't think there's any alim, any scholar that would tell you that. But then you've got school head teachers, you've got the Ofsted now coming into that, whereas their job is something totally different. To decide, say, no, you can remove. So there's the big industries trying to literally veil women, protect them from being commodities. And you've got these others who are trying to use the same arguments for something else. So that's the way the world will work. That's why I, I just hate debates because it just depends on what the trend is at the time. That's what really matters. That's what's going to win generally. Otherwise, you're going to a lot of people may not want to speak out because they're just going to seem incorrect, even though the reality is something different. So that's why we've constantly had to follow role models. And if the role models mess up, then it's a big problem. Which unfortunately can happen as well after the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba. It's only up to the Sahaba that you can say, whoever you follow from among the Sahaba, alhamdulillah, you'll be guided. But when it comes beyond the Sahaba, then one has to be very careful. But that's all we've got going for us. We're going to have to follow somebody. So we try our best, but at the same time we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. That oh Allah give me the right person to to help me, guide me aright. And that's why there's a famous dua, Allahumma ahdina. Oh Allah, guide us, 
وَهْدِبِنَا and guide through us. And وَجْعَلْنَا هُدَاتًا لِمَنْ اِهْتَدَى Make us guides for, guides for those who are guided. So if we're asking for to be guides for those who are guided, then we must become guided ourselves first. So the dua is actually very eloquent, it's very far-reaching. We're asking for something more than we would have thought we wanted. That Allah is saying, don't just be rightly guided people, but also be guides of others. Be forces, forces for change, positive change. That's what's important. So it's quite amazing. This dua is actually quite amazing. It should be part of our duas. So protect your deen by emulation, by following something, by following a trend. Don't come up with new ideas that don't work, that just seem savvy, that seem crazy, quirky. And then he says, But don't just follow somebody. You need to learn knowledge for yourself. So you need to protect your amana, the trust that has been given on you by talabul ilm, by seeking knowledge. Protect the trust given to you by seeking knowledge. What does that even mean? How does, how does one interpret that how do you relate to that what should you do tomorrow to do that i guess i guarantee there's probably different things going on through our minds right now like how do i do that so i'm going to give you something which say may seem very off but i think it's part of this so let's just say that somebody's got a medical problem right whether that be anything from i mean it doesn't sound it doesn't have to be a medical problem but Somebody can't have children. Somebody's infertile. Somebody can't get a. Somebody's got maybe keeps getting flus or colds or hay fever, right? That's quite common, isn't it? You get hay fever. A lot of people, a lot of people suffer with that. Allergies, for example. What else? Headaches, migraines. What else is common? Pains at various types of the month, and so on and so forth. Right? What are we doing about that? What do most people do when you get a pain? What do you do? Okay, paracetamol is like a good answer for everything, isn't it? You go to a doctor otherwise, right? That's our shop that we go to. We go, we go and see a doctor. Alhamdulillah, go to, go to a doctor. Because that's actually one of the things that the Prophet has mentioned to us. It's in the hadith. That you should... Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... Uh, the Prophet said, Allah... Any sickness that he has caused to descend or put onto the earth, he's also given a cure for it. That's the words of the Prophet. Anything the Prophet has has, uh, Allah has given as a sickness or an illness, he's also given a cure. Sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't. And the Prophet has encouraged that yes, you can use medicine. So there's an actually encouragement in hadith about that. So yes, go, go, go and get encouragement for that. But uh, as a Muslim, is that all we should do? What about everything else the Prophet has told us? So for example, aside from the spiritual things we're supposed to do, which is ask Allah, right, to dua. Dua is the weapon of the believer. It's going to give you whatever you need. Number two, istighfar. Istighfar is the way to remove blockage. It's the way to remove blockage from blessing that is supposed to be coming to us, but because 
we've done certain things that uh, we shouldn't have or we're not doing certain things we should be doing and that's what's preventing it. We're just going to never know unless we try that. So that's dua and that's istighfar. But then we've got a number of other things, right? For example, isn't zamzam something that is for whatever is it's drunk for? Whatever people drink zamzam for, they get that. That's what the hadith says. That you drink zamzam and you'll get whatever you ask for. Right? Zamzam is for whatever it is drunk for. So why not use some of that as well? For something as sim- simple as hay fever. Has anybody tried that? Right? It's just like once we hear about it, it's like, oh, well, why didn't I even bother trying that? That's in the hadith. We're always worried about antihistamines and claritin and clarinex and um, what's the other one called? Um, you know, drowsy, non-drowsy. That's what we're worried about. So take that, absolutely. And you know what? It really works. It really works. There's been several occasions that I felt um, allergies coming along. I was like, no way, this, uh, this is the wrong time for this. Like you're in Hajj, you don't want to get sick. You're getting a sore throat. Believe me, put your hand on your throat. Put your hand on your nose, wherever your problem is. Stomach problems, headaches. And start reading, Allahumma rabban nas adhibil ba's washfi anta shafi. La shifa'a illa shifa'uka shifa'an La yughadiru saqaman Seven times I guarantee you I've had shifa' from that Several times Like sometimes I read it I'm like It's not going to happen this time This is too much like magic Right? But I'm not joking Not to say you don't take medicine You can take medicine as well My tawakkur is not up there I'm just going to make dua and not take medicine Unfortunately it's not there But I'm not joking, it is like a miracle. What does it mean? Allahumma rabban nas. Oh Allah, the Lord of people. Adhibil ba's. Get rid of this difficulty, this affliction, this pain. Washfi and give me cure. Because anta shafi, you are the cure. You are the curer. And la shifa'a illa shifa'uk. There is no cure except your cure. Right? Shifa and such a cure, la yughadiru saqaman. That can never miss. A sickness, meaning it will take it and it will vanquish it. What a powerful dua. Calling on to Allah with His name as a curer. In the right way. How many of us have done that? Right. So it's like simple things that we should be doing. So there's that. Then there's zamzam, to drink zamzam. So there's two things. The Prophet ﷺ, in fact Allah, says that shifa'un linnas is in honey. Honey has shifa for people. So take some honey. You could probably just do ra- rose. What is it called? Rose? Honey? Um, or is it R-O? How do you say that? Rose, honey. R-O-W-S-E. The ones you generally get in the shops. So maybe you think that's not good enough. You say, go and, go and get some manuka. Go and get some sidr honey. Right? Go and get some nicer honey. Spend some money on it. Right? And take that as a ilaj. Because honey is supposed to have shifa. Do it with the intention. Do it with the fact that Allah has said this shifa in here, so I'm going to do it. But look, if you're diabetic, I've seen a guy who's diabetic and he is putting about three tablespoons of honey into his tea. And I'm like, what are you doing? Right, you're diabetic. He says, this is shifa. Come on. <laughs> Something being shifa doesn't mean you drown the whole bottle and expect nothing to happen. Shifa means the way it's you, that there's shifa in there if you use it in the right way. 
So person has to be a bit ingenuous about that, not, not just really use it as an excuse. So uh, honey is another one. And then we've got black seed. So use black seed, however, you know, whether that be uh, black seed oil, put it into something. If that's too strong for you, get some black seed capsules. If that's too much, take the seeds and tell, you know, put it in your foods. It's part of, I mean, the Indian Asian cuisine has at least, I think the last time I counted, between 10 to 15 different spices in any, you know, normal dish. So what's black seed going to do? Like, you know, it's, it, it's going to add to it. So black seed, zamzam, honey, and what else? Was that the three I said? Black seed, honey, zamzam, and did I mention anything else? Dua, istighfar. There's a few other things. There's at least seven things that Allah, the Prophet has mentioned shifa in, right? Uh, they're, they're kind of more... They're kind of more exclusive products like Kustal Hindi. I mean, to go and look for that, it's not going to be easy for you. Kustal Hindi, the Sana, Sena is another one, right? Um, there's also Ajwa seeds. There's Ajwa and there's Ajwa seeds. And in Saudi, you can actually buy Ajwa powder, ground Ajwa powder. That's maybe a bit more bespoke stuff. If you can go and get that as well, alhamdulillah. Um, in fact, a few years ago when I went for Hajj, I actually picked up Somebody had made a potion of these seven things, including Zamzam and everything. It was a, a paste that they had made of these seven things. And uh, he's, a, he's a sheikh that I know, he's a friend. And he was telling me how many people that he's given this to, and they've actually been cured of some amazing diseases. Right? So, but I'm saying that on a general basis, why don't we try these things and have these things at the same time? Just purely because this is the Muslim way of doing things. This has been recommended by our Prophet ﷺ. Why can't that become part of our life? That's what I'm trying to say. So dua, istighfar are two things. Sadaqa is another one. right? Those are the spiritual ways of doing things. And uh, in terms of the food aspects, the, the, the nutrients, we're talking about the honey, the zamzam, and the black seed and the other things if you can get hold of them. But black seed and honey are quite simple things to get hold of. So make them part of your diet because we are Muslims and we believe in what the Prophet ﷺ has told us about these things. So let us do that as well. And take your medicine as well if you want to. Alhamdulillah. It's not a problem. Uh, Some people... You know, you get extremes and all this. Once I got a call from somebody in the hospital. I can't remember exactly who called me, but it was somebody in the hospital. And there was a guy who who wasn't allowing the nurses. His wife had just given birth and they weren't allowing him to put vitamin D drops into the eyes. Right? Because he's like, I don't trust these guys. These are kuffar. And I don't know what they're going to be doing. So the thing is, look, there are conspiracies out there. But when you start reading into it to such a level that then everything seems a conspiracy and you've got conspiracy waiting for you around the corner, right? then that becomes problematic. That's not a life you want to live, even if there is a conspiracy around the corner. Right? It's just a tough life then, right? because you're paranoid. So his wife's just given birth and he wouldn't allow them to have the vitamin D. So actually, I think there was a Muslim member of staff. She called me, I think. 
and said, we've got this case, what do I do? So I said, let me speak to the brother. So I spoke to him and he said, Sheikh, you know, this, that and the other, I don't trust these guys. I said, please, Sheikh. I said, my brother, my babies have had this. My children have had the vitamin D, it's completely fine. I think it was either, it was either the vitamin D in the eye that they put, you know, the, is it vitamin K, sorry? Huh? Is it on the foot? There's something to put in the eyes, no? Okay, maybe I'm getting it wrong. It was either that, or it was... What else did they give straight away? It, or I think, no, I think it had something to do with the... Maybe it was a bit jaundiced. Right, so the... Um, yeah, I think it was something to do... It was one of those things that are quite standard at the beginning. But he felt that there was a conspiracy. So you get that as well. But we need to be holistic. So why do we abandon our own when the Prophet ﷺ has spoken so highly about these things that black seed has shifa for everything except death? That's big. We're not giving you any guarantee for death but anything else. And then he says, وَحَصِّنْ عَقْلَكَ بِآدَابِ أَهْلِ الْحِلْمِ Protect your intelligence with the adab of the people of forbearance. With the etiquette of the people of forbearance. So... Don't get too smart and then in your smartness abuse people or lash out or do things that will be unbecoming of a believer. Aql is important but it's not to make you arrogant. It's not to give you the right to boast. Aql is there that you use it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you temper it, you control it with hilm and forbearance. Which means you take it easy and you see how to act with these things. And prepare patience for every position, every circumstance. Be ready to be patient when the time demands. Although some scholars say don't ask for patience if you don't need it. Meaning don't ask for patience against calamities when there's no calamity. Because if that du'a gets accepted, then you're going to have a calamity and you'll have patience over it. But, uh, but be prepared to exercise patience. And you can only do that if we've learnt how patience should be by seeing how other people were patient. But generally, when a person doesn't act with patience, it's generally because of a spontaneous reaction, which we're so used to. We're so used to maybe lashing out, swearing, scowling, uh, making a bad face, turning our face away, whatever it is. These are normal things. That means that we're going to have to learn to exercise patience at these times. And the way to do that, you know, patience, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. But it becomes very easy when you focus on the, uh, on the, on the blessings that come with patience. A lot of the time you know you're right. And the other person is wrong. So you are in the upper position. And you think, why should I... Why should I forgive? Why should I not lash out? Because you feel a sense of anger. There's a lot of anger. And the tension is between the anger and exercising patience. The only way that we will be able to control our anger and exercise patience is if we read enough about the harms of anger 
And the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is saying, don't be angry, don't be angry, don't be angry. Anger does this to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises Al-Kadhimin al-Ghaydha wal Afina anin nas those people who um, control their anger and who generally pardon people. When you've got that in your mind at that time, and then you've got وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتُمْ مُصِيبَةً قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ When you got that in your mind, then then you'll then it will calm the anger down. Otherwise, if you've got nothing to calm the anger down, you just want to lash out. Husband and wife problems. Once in a while, that kind of happens, right? It happens, it's getting to happen more frequently because it's become habitual. It's becoming a trait. We need sabr. And sabr really, really helps that when you know that if I control myself here, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to be able to control the situation, but I'm going to be rewarded by Allah. Allah loves patience. When we know that, then psychologically affects it. It's just about knowing it at the right time and being conscientious at the right time of this fact. That's the difficulty. But we have to train ourselves to do that. Which means that if we do let us, ourselves go and under weakness sometimes, we need to beat ourselves up. Not literally, but you know what I mean. right? That Look, that's the wrong way I should have reacted in this case. So that the next time, that will because it's all personal training, it's all per- and we're all we're all at different levels in this regard. Some of us are very calm people, and some of us are not very calm. So those of us who are not very calm, we've got a lot more to learn. Those of you who are calm, well, you, you guys have other challenges. Everybody has a challenge. Right? Everybody has a different challenge. Then he says, "Walzamil khalwata bidhikri." Walzamil khalwata bidhikri. Hold fast to hold fast to solitude by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, a lot of people they need to be speaking to somebody. They can't sit and do nothing. That's why it's too boring for them to stay at home. They need to go out or they need to be online. They need to be doing something. So what's he saying here? is that if you want to be in solitude and protect yourself from a lot of stuff that goes on, then the best one to be with is Allah by doing dhikr of Allah. Because when you're alone and you're doing dhikr of Allah, you're not wasting your time. You're with the best of friends. You're with the best of those that you could be with, the best of companions. So get yourself used to it. And Allah will give you sweetness as you start doing that. And because of that sweetness, you'll want to come back. But there's going to be a lot of other competition. Especially if you're a very social kind of person who likes to do other things. And then there's shaitan in the equation as well. So we're not saying this is easy. But at least if we know next time that if I want to be alone, let me just sit and do some dhikr. When you're alone in the bus and you have, you've got a 20-minute ride, what are you supposed to do in that time? I mean, I guess well, that's like a stupid question now, isn't it? It's like you're on your phone. What else are you going to do? I mean, that's just like such a silly question. Like, what are you going to do with 20 minutes on the phone? I'm going to be on, my, on, the, on the bus. I'm going to be on the phone. On the underground. Well, on the underground, you can't really be on your phone. Well, you can. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. So, 
I don't know, these are times when, you know, we need to, we shouldn't be bored at any time. And we clearly need to work with the phone. We clearly need to really control the phone issue. I don't, I don't want to make this discussion about that because I've spoken about that enough times. And then he says, وَصْحَبِنْ نِعَمَ بِالشُّكْرِ وَصْحَبِنْ نِعَمَ بِالشُّكْرِ Accompany bounties with gratefulness. When you get a bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> How many times do you think that's going to be? If, you think to your, if we think to ourselves, right, that we need to thank Allah every time we get a bounty, and just think back to today only, right? Because it's evening right now. So everything that's happened since the morning. Um, how many things come up in your mind that we need to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, for today? Um, there may be somebody who thinks that there's nothing that he's got to be thankful for for today. Is that, is that a... I mean, is there anybody like that that's got... Like today, I got nothing to be thankful about. Must be somebody, no? Can everybody think of at least one thing they got to be thankful for? Yeah. Right? Probably. But would you have thought to be thankful for that? Have we done shukr today at all? Like, alhamdulillah. Have we done... How many of us, I mean, just put your hand up slightly, who've done shukr today to... About anything. About anything. Okay, that's a minority. Right? That's about 40%. It's not bad. Right? But you see what I'm saying? There's so much. Shukr should be part of our, just like I talked about black seed and honey and all the rest of it. It's part of our regular diet. Part of our regular diet needs to be shukr. We've got so many things to be thankful about. Just reaching work safely is a shukr. Having a job is a shukr. Right? Just having a nice meal. Yesterday I bought a, a bread, a loaf of bread from this new bakery that's just it closes at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Managed to find it open. £3.50 for a loaf. But what a bread. MashaAllah. Sourdough. Right? Amazing. Shukr to Allah that Allah's you know, given me this. It was definitely worth doing shukr for. It was very expensive, but it's worth it. I mean, it's compared to the £1 hovis. Right? Because that's all mass produced. That's why, you know, can't buy £3.50 bread all the time. But actually what some ulama recommend is that you buy good stuff, bit of it, and you eat less. But you eat good. But that's a difficult one. Um, so there's so much to do shukr for. Believe me, there is just so much to do shukr for. When you hear that somebody else has died today, somebody else has got sickness, and you're like, alhamdulillah, right? you got children and they've come back from school and you see them happy and say, shukr man. You know, you do shukr to Allah for your... Uh, that you got children, you got a spouse that's making you happy, do shukr for that. Alhamdulillah. There's just so much to do shukr for. It needs to become part of the lifestyle, part of our habit to do that. And it's not difficult once you do that. And then you will see that once you start doing shukr, the barakah will just, just, just come upon you. You won't have to ask Allah for anything. He will give you the barakah, the blessing will open up. Not doing shukr is a, is a blockage. I'm, I, like, you know, I'm not even joking about this stuff. This is not just, 
do shukr and I'm serious, Allah will start giving you. Because Allah says that in the Quran, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ You be thankful and I will increase. I will do it abundantly, I will increase in it. So always, وَصْحَبِ النِّعَمَ بِالشُكْرِ Just those five things that he's mentioned here is amazing. Just another point on doing dhikr in solitude. One of the reasons for doing dhikr in solitude is that that's going to be pure dhikr. Because you're only proving it to yourself. Doing dhikr here could be that you're showing somebody or the other. But when you're doing dhikr for yourself, in your heart, alone, then the only person that you're trying to do that for is yourself. And it's easier to deal with it for ourselves than when somebody else is in the equation. So inshallah we'll come out of it much more sincerity. Much more sincerity. So the last two points I'll just make in brief before we move on to our dhikr is Wasta'in Billahi. Wasta'in Billahi fi kulli amr. Seek assistance with Allah for every one of your matters. Wastahidillaha fi kulli hal and there's two ways to translate this. One is ask Allah for decision in every one of your states. So do istikhara. But the other meaning of istikhara is ask Allah for excellence and goodness in whatever you're doing. For all of your states, do istikhara. So istikhara means to ask Allah for khair, to ask Allah for the goodness in something. So istikhara is not always done for making a choice. But even once you've decided that, yes, I'm going to marry this person, continue doing istikhara with the intention that, oh Allah, give me the best of this. Oh Allah, give me the best of it. Because it means talabul khair, to seek goodness in something. If istikhara has benefited you in hopefully making what you think is the right choice, then now do istikhara to ask for goodness in that choice. Uh, one of the things that Imam Sha'arani says uh, in the etiquette of remembering Allah, however you do your dhikr, right? You know, when you've sat down and you've done dhikr, whether that be your meditation, muraqaba, some tasbihat, or whatever, and I think this even applies to prayer. He says, what you should do is after you finish your dhikr, then just sit for some moments. And basically, I think what he's saying is, you know, the blessings and the mercy that you've just invoked through remembrance of Allah. Because you know with the remembrance of Allah, tranquility descends. Right? Uh, you get blessings. You're invoking blessings, angels, and there's all of these narrations that speak about that when you do remembrance of Allah, that happens. So you're in that environment when you do dhikr. And if you've got 10 people, 20 people, 30 people doing dhikr, then that environment is being created, right? So once you finish, then just bask in that for a while. Just, just, just immerse yourself. Just allow it that wave of that to benefit you and to fall over you. So don't just you know do dhikr and then rush off, because you're losing a lot of the benefits. Like use it. So anyway, um, let's make our dua now, inshallah. <clears throat> اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك هذا الجلال والإكرام 
اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام Oh Allah, we ask you by your majesty for your mercy. Oh Allah, grant us your mercy. Oh Allah, grant us your blessings. Oh Allah, we're all sitting here on this evening asking for your mercy. We could have been doing so many other things. But oh Allah, we've gathered here for your remembrance. Oh Allah, to be closer to you. Oh Allah, grant us this reward. Oh Allah, grant us, grant us this bounty. Oh Allah, you have given us many bounties. O oh Allah, you have given us many things that appear to be bounties. O oh Allah, we ask that you don't make any of this, any of what you have given us, a source of our trial and temptation and our source of distance from you. O oh Allah, we ask you protection from sinning, from sinning with the very wealth that you have given us, with the very health that you have given us, with the very bounties that you have bestowed upon us, that, O oh Allah, we use them for sin. Oh Allah, whatever that may be, Oh Allah, we ask that you help us and assist us in this regard. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant us guidance in all of our affairs. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not allow us to, to be succumbed to our own desires even for a moment. Oh Allah, we ask that you reform all of our states, that you guide us aright in everything that we do. O oh Allah, you govern our thoughts. O oh Allah, govern our actions. O oh Allah, we ask you for shifa. O oh Allah, we ask you for cure from our spiritual and physical illnesses. All of our ailments. O oh Allah, we want to be close to you. Grant us your closeness. Grant us your love. And O oh Allah, grant us love of those whose love benefits us in your court. O oh Allah, grant us good friends, good surroundings, good companions. O oh Allah, Grant us good companions. O oh Allah, grant barakah in our families and our spouses and our children. O oh Allah, make them a source of gladness for our eyes. And O oh Allah, make them a source of gladness for our eyes even on the day of judgment. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the barakat and the blessings that you gave to the salihin and the righteous people before us. O oh Allah, <clears throat> do not turn any of us away today without being forgiven without receiving a full share of your mercy. O oh Allah, we know we don't deserve it. O oh Allah, we know we're full of mistakes. We're full of shortcomings. We're full of deficiencies. O oh Allah, we are full of sin. O oh Allah, we are full of sin. We are full of wrong deeds. But O oh Allah, we know that your mercy can overcome all of these things. O oh Allah, guide us aright. O oh Allah, guide us aright in the rest of our life. Make the rest of our life better than whatever life of ours has passed. O oh Allah, we may not be very proud of our previous life, but O oh Allah, allow us to die with the kalima on our deathbed. Allow us to have the best moment of our life, the best days of our life, our final days of our life. Make them better than any days before them, O oh Allah, and make the best of our moments the moment that we stand in front of you. O oh Allah, do not allow us to be rejected neither in this world, neither in the hereafter. O oh Allah, take us to the Haramain over and over again. O oh Allah, grant us beneficial and blessed knowledge. O oh Allah, allow us to be guides of 
that those who are guided make us forces for good allow us to rise to the challenges of today oh allah protect us protect our iman protect iman and protect islam elevate your karima la ilaha illallah remove the subjugation that our brothers and sisters may be experiencing around the world oh allah finally we ask that you send abundant blessings on our messenger muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and grant us the ability to walk in his footsteps and to be in his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.